Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. And so he said to them, this kind, now friends, this, when you, when you really look, you know, again, sometimes you really absorb what you're reading. He said, this kind, this kind, do you catch that? If you like to underline things in your Bible, underline this kind. Because it seems to denote that there are different levels of demonic principalities that hassle us humans. He said, this kind does not come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Some versions leave out the word and fasting, but basically it's by prayer. And prayer, again, moves the heart of God. Prayer aligns you with the purposes of God and causes you to be aware of the devil's schemes. Now, Jesus was a man on this earth as he took on the form of a human body. He was, even though he was God, he was a man of prayer. And the reason why I believe is so his will would be at one with his Father's will. And the Holy Spirit communicates in that unseen world. And friends, again, even Plato, a a, a philosopher... Hundreds of years before Christ said, we live in the shadow of reality. The real world is in the unseen realm. And friends, we know that. People that live on your block that aren't Christians know that there is more to this life than meets the eye. And so I believe again that as God uses you to illuminate what is really going on in this unseen world, as God moves on you in prayer, you become sensitive to needs and you know how to address the situation. See, Jesus took authority over this man. You know, I, I mean, maybe the disciples were saying, oh, demon, would you please come out? And the demon went, no, you know, I mean. <laughs> Jesus told it, you leave, you're out. The authority of the believer. Friends, again, Jesus said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. So understanding the authority of the believer and friends in Christ Jesus, you have authority over these principalities and spirits. Now we are very blessed in America that we've lived in a, in a basically a, a, a Judeo-Christian value system. But as we leave our roots, we're finding that we have all kinds of other issues coming in. And you start seeing, and, and by the way, friends, moms and dads, don't let your kids go see this junk that in movie houses where everybody's demonized and stuff. That'd give your kid nightmares. Opens them up to things that they shouldn't be opened up to. You moms and dads, take authority over your kid's life. And tell them they can't do that. And if you're, if you're squirreling around and doing dumb stuff yourself, then knock it off. and Get back to the Lord. Because God loves you. God doesn't want you to lose anything in your life. But I'll tell you something. All it takes for you to lose is neglect. Be watchful. You know, in, in Proverbs, it says, know your flocks. What does that mean? Hi, how you doing, Mr. Sheep? No, it's not talking about that. It's saying, know what God has given to you, and are you doing the best with what God has given you? And if you haven't, repent and change. It begins somewhere. 
Because if you're um, not doing that, then you're not going to be able to be of use to the kingdom of God. So letting God be God in your life. Getting back and, and putting Christ first is what's so important. Don't substitute, well, I know the Bible very well. Well, that's great. And you know, the devil does too, and he ain't going to make it. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble. But that doesn't mean they're right with God. So I believe as we look at this, we understand. Now, now it, again, talking about this prayer thing and aligning your heart with God. Let's, let's just look at two more, ver- three more verses here, and then, and then we'll close. It says, then they departed. And this is why I always like to read, because it, it, it's in sequential order. Then they departed from there and passed through the Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know it. For he taught the disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and after he is killed, he will rise on the third day. But they did not understand this saying, and they were afraid to ask him. How sad. They just saw the power of God cast out demons. They're on their way through the, through, uh, through the Galilee, and, and Jesus begins to tell them, And look what he says. The Son of Man is being delivered. Friends, it doesn't say he will be delivered. Notice that. It says he is being delivered. I believe this is because Jesus, as he prayed, God revealed to him, his Father revealed to him what was about to happen. And Jesus knew the plot was already on. Now again, there are people that just love, these guys just love to follow Jesus around, just waiting for him to do something wrong. When they would see Jesus heal the woman um, with, a, with an infirmity or the, the, in, in church, they, they watched, they said intently to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Friends, all I can tell you is this. These guys were sick. They were waiting and looking for him to do something wrong so they could pounce on him. This is just what it's about. It wasn't that, oh, wow, Jesus healed that person. That's really great. It was, oh. And when the disciples couldn't heal the guy's uh, son, aha! We got him. All I can tell you is that's some pretty deep spiritual sickness when somebody does this. Notice again, the Son of Man is being delivered. They were already on with their plot. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, they were already on with their plot to destroy Jesus. Listen, let me tell you something, friends. There's a plot against you. There's a plot against me. There's one against all of us that are Christians. Now, sometimes I'm used to it when it comes from the world. I, I'm, I'm pretty well bolstered for it. I, I mean, yeah, you're, you're of the devil because I can see you got red suit and horns. I know who you are. I mean, we recognize that. But you've got to remember something. The Pharisees and the scribes, these are people who carried the Bible around with them. And yet they were doing these kinds of dark things. Friends, again, that takes some kind of darkness that I don't understand. Because we as Christians should be looking for the betterment of others, not for their demise. You see, Jesus was exposing really what they were about, and they didn't like that. The Son of Man, and I and, and might see it's underlined in my Bible, is being, is underlined, delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after he's killed, he will rise again on the third day. And they did not understand this saying, and they were afraid to ask. Friends, let me tell you something. Don't be afraid to ask your Heavenly Father for anything. You know, Jesus never condemned anyone for asking. It's your Father's goodwill and good pleasure to minister to you and to heal you and to restore you. You see, if you're nice and healthy, spiritually sound, then you're going to be a good soldier for the kingdom of God. 
But if you're walking wounded, if your heart's busted open, let me tell you something. God will heal you and restore you and bless you. The Bible says he'll restore the years that the canker worm has eaten. And sometimes we can call ourselves a Christian and be living in Christ and even reading the Bible and having our lives being deteriorated. And I want to tell you this morning, in Jesus' name, be free. And let God heal you and restore you and bless you. The Bible says that he will. And if you're not walking with the Lord, maybe you're distant from God. Maybe you let the things of this world become more important than God. Carrying around Jesus in your back pocket saying, oh yeah, I sure appreciate that fire insurance. We seek to justify our sin by looking at everybody else's sin and say, well, I'm better than that person. I'm better than that person. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And that's what happens. And so all of a sudden we're not saying, God, I'm going to examine myself, my, my spiritual condition regarding you. I'm looking around at everybody else going, mm, I'm, I'm a little better than him. Ooh, I'm not quite as good as him. Oh, they're bad anyway. So I don't know about that. And, and this is how we begin to justify our Christianity. Now, you're saying, Mike, where are you going with this? You'll see. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 41. Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So we find here being gracious. To others. First thing we found, remember, treat everyone equally. The second thing we find, be gracious. Be gracious. We saw somebody casting out demons in your name. We forbade them. Jesus said, no, 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 they're on our side. Be gracious. Even if you give a cup of water in my name, it carries a reward. And, you'll, and, and by the way, friends, this is something that's so true. Because a lot of times people think it's in the greatness or in the magnitude of what we do is what God rewards. Billy Graham gets a big reward. Well, I think he does. But no more than the person who maybe cleans his church. Because all of us are doing in obedience what God's called us to do. And if God's called Billy Graham to be an evangelist, praise God for that. But if God's called you to be a good worker at your company, be a good worker at your company. The Bible says we work as unto the Lord. That's the way we do. That's the way we live life. Now, now, as it tells us here, he will no, mind, no means lose his reward. So in other words, it isn't in the magnitude of what we do, but it's in the obedience and in the love of what we do. Paul said it like this in Corinthians chapter 13. He said, though I speak with tongue and the men of angels and I have not love, it profits me nothing. You can be doing all kinds of things, but if there's something not in your heart that does it out of love, then that tells you that we need a front end alignment. You ever had a front end alignment on your car? In Idaho, it's kind of a common thing like every week. But I first moved to Idaho. There's words that vary from here, from California. I don't know if you've noticed this. They have different words for things. They said, yeah, my car stuck in the bar pit. What in the world is a bar pit? Now, me in California, I'm thinking of a bar. Like, you know, people go to drink. A bar pit. Yeah, yeah, okay. You left your car at the bar. No, bar pit is alongside the road. Something else was amazing to me. Rock chucks. They're everywhere here. The farmer's menace. In fact, there are farmers here that will actually give you bullets to go out and kill those critters because they eat how their fields up. Now, now what's amazing to me is this, is that I see the rock chucks. And then somebody said, I hit a chuck hole. And I thought, the chuck hole is where the rock chuck lives. I really believe that. Now, nobody snookered me into cow tipping. Or snipe hunting. I, I, I knew better than that. But chuck holes, 
Real men. Well, actually, a chuck hole is just a hole, what we call in California, a pothole. Now, that from Idaho thinks, oh, that's where everyone stashes their drugs. You know, I don't know. Where's your drugs? In the pothole. You know what I mean? I don't know. But we, we've got these different words sometimes that we, we come across. Well, anyway, it knocks the front end out of alignment of your car. And it, where it used to track straight, now it pulls to one side a lot. And you always have to hang on the wheel. And friends, I believe a lot of times in our spiritual experience, we hit things in our road of life that knock our front end out of alignment. And thank God for Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights where we come and get our front end back aligned again. Where all of a sudden, the things that seem to be so important in the world, the door ding on your new car or... Maybe uh, maybe uh, that uh, trip that was canceled or whatever, and we get all upset and frustrated, or we come to church and say, you know, Lord, it's all going to burn anyhow. What's really important is your kingdom, and your kingdom come, your will be done. And Father, remind me that things that are done for you will no means lose their reward in a world that seems to be thinking that this is all there is to life. So, verse 42. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and be thrown into the sea. Now here Jesus is identifying somebody that would stumble somebody. Now that's a pretty hard thing. You know, there's a lot of people that stumble people. But he's saying here, you'd be better off to have a millstone hung around your neck and be thrown into the sea than to stumble a little one. And I think that, friend, anything that takes a person's heart away from God, that's an important thing. And so we find, as we talked earlier, treat people equally, be gracious, and then to not cause somebody to stumble, be sensitive. Be sensitive. You know, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are the best for you or the best for those around you. Now that can that verse that Paul gives us there is saying not all things are lawful all things are lawful but not all things are expedient or the best for you. Somebody says, "Well, is it okay for uh, you know, for me to do certain things?" Well, yeah, it might be, but you got to always remember people are watching you and what they think of you in your relationship with God. And friends, that's a hard thing and that's where we have to be sensitive. And there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, I just don't care. I do my own thing." Well, that's not Jesus. Jesus was always sensitive to other people and how they perceived him to be. Verse 43. If your hand makes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed, into into eternal life, literally maimed, than having two hands and go to hell. Into the hell that never shall be quenched. And where the, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. There was two things that were repulsive to the Jewish understanding. And that was worms and that was fire. Fire spoke of that eternal destruction and worms was something that happened within. And so Jesus is saying here, it's better for you to cut your arm off or your hand off if that's offending you. Now, there's a lot of people that would say, well, do I really need to go get a hacksaw? no. It's speaking figuratively. We might say number four here. Number four of these would be dealing with yourself. Get yourself under control. Now you say, well, Mike, I, I, I can't do that. You're right, none of us can. That's where we go to Christ and we say, God, you help me get under control. 
There are certain areas of our life that we have to watch and be careful of because if we don't watch those, those things can rise up and overcome us. Anybody here ever been on a backslide? That's what happened. It's because the things of this life, we lost perspective of God's kingdom and the things of this life then became important. And so again, deal with it. Deal with it. Don't ignore it. Deal with it. If you've got a drinking problem, deal with it. If you've got a spending problem, deal with it in Jesus' name. You say again, I can't do it. I agree. We're all bozos on this bus. But God helps bozos. And that's the good news. God helps us with what we can't help ourselves. That old saying, you know, people saying, well, I read the Bible. I go, good. Well, what's your favorite verse? God helps those who help themselves. Well, just to let you know, that verse... Or that saying is not in the Bible. It's not a verse anyway. In fact, what I've actually found is God helps those who can't help themselves. And God wants to help you in these issues of our lives. First of all, in dealing with any issue, friends, we have to admit that we've got one. We can't say, well, it's everybody else. No, sometimes it's me. And I need to be honest with God and I need to deal with it. And this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, if your hand offends you, cut it off. Now, is he saying literally go get a hacksaw? No, but he's saying, listen, you need to deal with those issues of your life that are dragging you away from the kingdom of God that would drag you into hell. You need to deal with those in a very pronounced, very pointed way. And that is, get a control of it. Now, again, in Jesus' name, we can do that. Verse 45. And if your foot makes you sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter in life lame. Having two feet, then be cast into hell, fire, which will never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Jesus now repeats this several times. In fact, we're going to find he repeats it three times. Now, you say, well, Mike, what's the purpose of that? It tells me something. Eternal punishment is what that is. Now, everybody all hyped up with goblins and demons and death tomorrow on Halloween. Jesus here speaks about hell being a real place. And it's a real place that is not just, as the Jehovah's Witnesses say, annihilation when you die. That's not what Jesus taught here. Jesus said here that eternity and hell is perpetual and it goes on. It isn't just something where it's a flash and it's gone. It's that there is continual punishment for rebellion to God. Again, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye makes you sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than two eyes and be cast into hell fire. Whoa. Now, I'd rather just talk about the Jesus that holds on to the little lambs. He's talking about people getting cast into hell fire here. Hmm? But you know, when you really look at who Jesus is, you have to look at all the verses that surround what Jesus was saying. And so again, as we would look at this, deal with yourself. If there's an issue in your life that you know is getting out of control, in Jesus' name, God has put around you a family that loves you, that wants to see you succeed, and not going to say, oh, you've got sin in your life? Thou stinketh. <laughs> hey, we all have sin in our life. And friends, it's the grace of God that any of us move in Him. But you know what? God loves us in spite of ourselves. And again, friends, this is why God wants to work in our hearts. Because He loves you. It isn't that God says, I found sin in you. You're fried. No, not at all. 
God sees you and says, I see sin in your life. I see it's hurting you. And as any loving parent here sees your child doing something wrong that's going to hurt them, you lovingly correct them, teach them, so that they'll do it right. And friends, this is the way God is. So he says, better than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Three times Jesus speaks of eternity in hell being perpetual. It isn't just annihilation. Now, verse 49. Everyone will be seasoned with salt, or or, excuse me, seasoned with fire. Now, what's interesting here is, I'm going to read this in actually the, the, the way it comes across in the Greek. For everyone will be salted with fire. In fact, if you have an old King James, that's the way it reads. And every sacrifice will be salted with salt. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus, when they brought a sacrifice to the house of the Lord, it was offered to the Lord with salt. Now, salt's interesting stuff. Because salt will preserve, salt will disinfect, and salt will flavor something. And I believe it's important, friends, that we as Christians, and again, being what we are, that we learn to live peaceably with people. We've been talking about the steps, these basically, you might say, the five steps. Again, treating everyone equal, being gracious, being sensitive, dealing with issues of your life before they deal with you. In other words, it's better to go into heaven with one foot than two feet that never make it. So dealing with issues of your life, not blaming everybody else. And the last one would be living peaceably. Because in verse 50 it says, salt is good. Yes, it is. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves. And here it is. And have peace with one another. Friends, I I believe that's, that's a principle of God's love. Is understanding how God loves us and takes care of us. How he wants us to interact and have fellowship with our brethren. Friends, I believe that this is one of the things right now that, again, the church needs probably more than anything else. Is once again going back to love. That, that, that means in the spite of somebody that you see maybe doing something that's frustrating, you don't dismiss them and throw them away. You say, oh listen, I'm, I'm going to continue to work with you. I'm going to continue to bless you. I'm going to continue. I'm there for you. And I thank God for the people in our fellowship that, because they do love, have allowed their lives to directly be interlaced with other people's lives to help them and to encourage them and to bless them. And may the Lord just continue to expand your horizons as you do that as well. There can be a real selfishness. As the disciples were walking along the road, all discussing, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. And Jesus ending up this saying, listen, Live peaceably among yourselves. Learn how to get along. That doesn't just happen, friends. Those are skills that I believe are in God's word that require us to humble ourselves before the Lord, seek forgiveness and say, Lord, if I've been prideful, arrogant, forgive me. I want to just continue to go back and look for the best in people, not the worst. Because again, if we're going to be that kind of a person, friends, I'll tell you, there is no end to the destruction that you will do to others and to yourself. I would invite you this morning to consider your relationship with God, where it's at, if it's there at all. And maybe you think you're the greatest. Maybe you think the whole world revolves around you, you know. 
I'm in the center of my planet. (laughs) Well, I, I just want to encourage you, you're not. And maybe you're not going through something today, but I guarantee you in this life you will have tribulation and you, there will be a place in your life where you're going to need God. You're going to need a relationship with Him. Maybe it might not be till the day you're laying in the hospital on your deathbed or skidding down the road in your car on a guy that didn't see the red light and blew it off and you see you're going to hit him. I guarantee you that you're going to need God. You know, the Bible says that if we call upon Him, He's near in the very time of trouble. And I would invite you this morning to let God bless you and heal you and forgive you and restore you. And do all the things that he wants to do. This is not something, friends, that man can do. This is only something God can do. And you say, but Mike, you know, when you're reading about, you know, if your you know, eye offends you or your feet offend you, cut them you know, off. I, I, there's a lot of things that are wrong in my life. I, yeah. You, you know, and, and that's part of God's good pleasure to help you get control of your life. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time.